Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower, every note, or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew, cruising, you can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at amfam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. The Camp Monsters podcast from REI Co-op Studios is back with a new season, telling the tales of terrifying encounters with mysterious beasts of America. Hear about the creatures that wander the woods and lurk in the water, the ones that fly through the air or even prowl around a backyard like yours. We search the country for camp monsters. All you have to do is search for camp monsters from REI Co-op Studios, wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, good conversation can happen anywhere. I never know where it's going to come for me. But my guest today, Jackie Rahm, it was an unexpected conversation in an area that I don't necessarily touch on and probably more of a health and wellness-based podcast that we have going here. But it's the interesting, different conversations that I really love, that are really different and kind of out there. Jackie is a, a crime novelist and documentarian with her new Amazon Prime documentary, Method of Murder. And it was just interesting uh, getting a sense of the the concept and the, the the design of putting together crime novels and a documentary and the process of that very fascinating jackie has incredible stories really funny stories and she just puts you at ease with her commentary so i look forward to you guys checking this out my interview with jackie rom jackie it's a pleasure <laughs> to meet you. It's a pleasure to be here. Man, I was just watching your documentary, Method of Murder, right? Uh-huh. On Amazon Prime, everyone, just so you're aware. And uh, you were in my town, Las Vegas, that I used to be in for 15 years. I was watching you get tattoos on the show. Yeah, not only was I getting a tattoo, but I had to interview the tattoo artist. <laughs> At the same time as they're putting needles in my back. Seriously. And smile. How did one you keep tape. that together? How did you one keep that tape. together like that? I just know, you know, when you're being filmed, every minute is money. You know, I had a whole film crew, a whole team there, and uh, they're all watching me, and mm -hmm. I get one chance of this. So you just do it. And ad adrenaline takes over. Yeah. I thought it was interesting when you were talking to the guy who was doing the tattoo and you were diving deeper and deeper into this conversation of like, could you use like the gun on the ink, you know, for the tattoo? Like, could you poison somebody on it? And his face, his face is just the best, isn't it? He didn't know what to do with that. I don't think he it's knew like, what to do with what it. what the heck are you asking or why are you asking? Why is this lady asking me this, you know? <laughs> Well, that's fantastic. I, I urge everyone to go out and check it out. Amazon Prime. A lot of people have Prime, so it's on there. Uh, check it out. It's a lot of fun. But I want to get into where did this come from, this kind of crime novelist method of murder? Take me back on this. 
Okay, so I started 11 years. I've been writing all my life. But 11 years ago, I had a big birthday. I decided to take four weeks off of work and then thought, what am I going to do? I know, I'm going to write a book. That book, you know, lots of people talk about but don't do. And one book uh, turned into five, a series of five books, and they were for children, but for seven to 11-year-olds. And again, they were kind of crime. Uh, and then when people said to me, what do you do? And I say, I'm an author. And they say, what do you write? And I say, I write children's books. And you physically saw people's shoulders go down as if writing children's books are easy. It's like, <laughs> oh, and uh, so one day I thought, I'll show you. And I used to love, I mean, I still do. I love watching Law and Order, CSI, mm -hmm. anything like that. And thought, right, I'm going to do that. I'm going to write adult crime. And then I kind of sat there and thought, actually, I know nothing. I know nothing about crime. I don't have any background in crime. So I spent about six months interviewing police officers, forensic, all different people. And uh and kind of gain some knowledge before I even put pen to paper. What was the interest in crime? Like, you know, like you say, you didn't have a background in it. What was, what pulled you into that? It's exactly as I said, it was CSI and law and order. That's it? That was it. Yeah. How It's just that they were the television programs I loved. I actually love courtroom dramas, but I thought that that's too much to learn. I'll just stick <laughs> with the, I'll stick with the, uh, the police. I just had a fascination. Um, everything I write, I write with a director's mind. Okay. So you can transfer any of my books to film or TV. So, um, and because I love to watch that kind of program, uh, that's what I decided to write. That's but amazing. Don't forget, I've written all my life, everything from yeah. poetry to plays to screenplays. So, you know, writing is not unusual for me. So it was kind of building up to this process. I see. I see. I, I had in my mind, like, maybe there's a deeper thing with uh, crime and, you know, some you know, a horror story or something. You're like, I just like watching CSI. and all. <laughs> I like those shows too, by the way. It's pretty, and they last forever. Those shows are going Classic. on forever. You know, somebody said to me, my books have been compared to Agatha Christie and Murder, mm -hmm. She Wrote. And they, they are classics. Even are. Murder, She Wrote now is a classic, you know? So. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I actually remember watching Murder, She Wrote. Was it like Angela Lansbury or something like yeah. that? Like, yeah. I remember that actually as a child watching yeah. that. That's exactly. incredible. So you, you've written all these things. Like, why a documentary? Was this the first one? Have you done other documentaries? Take me through that. It's a really simple story. Um, I I spend a lot of time researching before I even put pen to paper for each book. And I wanted to set this book in Vegas. I love Vegas. But of yeah. course, the only thing I know about Vegas is what you can see. And I knew that behind the scenes was just as big as what we see. And I wanted to see behind the scenes. <coughs> so I wrote to every casino and said, can I have access? And they all said, no, no, no. <laughs> so I got onto Facebook one day and said, does anybody know any 
anybody that owns a casino and somebody immediately came back and said, yes, I know Derek Stevens of the downtown. Uh, yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so I wrote to him and said, will you introduce me? And he said, well, I don't actually know him, but he's quite prolific on Twitter. So I got onto Twitter, direct messaged him. And within two hours, he gave me full access at the casino. Wow. So I, and I phoned my dad up. I promise you word for word. I phoned my dad up, went, dad. I've got all access of a casino. And my dad said, sounds like a documentary to me. <laughs> and that's how it started. Wow. So tell me about how you kind of came up with the concept for the documentary, you know, method of murder, like going that direction for that, like weapons of murder. That, you know, I had a meeting. I, I I got approached the next day once I decided I want to make a documentary by a probably over a hundred production companies, uh, guys that were doing their final film in uni, all different people wanted to know why, what I was up to. Uh, and I, uh, I met this production company called ghost and, uh, I'd said to them, look, this is what I want to do. And basically they took over. I kept, uh, I became a producer which was important to me that I I became a producer. And between us, we sat down and the director said, I see it this way. Uh, the producer said, you know, you to me are a female Louis Theroux. I don't know if you, do you watch yeah. Louis Theroux? I know, uh, yeah. Yeah, because he does the documentaries. And they wanted to take that style. And I love to talk to people, as you can hear, I don't mind asking anybody anything I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see by watching the documentary I can see and the people that I spoke to um and so we kind of the only thing I didn't get to do I really we took an actor with us and I wanted to see if I could get a dead body out of the casino without getting caught but they wouldn't <laughs> let me do it that was I really <laughs> wanted to do that <laughs> oh my <But> gosh <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> of course, you saw me trying to dig a grave in the desert. Yes. And that was all real. It was about 20 minutes and I couldn't have buried, buried a cat. It was so small at the end. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it was organic, really. You know, a bit of from me and a bit of the production company and the director's input. And we created this documentary and hoping that it turns into a series. I'd like to do a series called Jackie Rom Investigates. Hmm. What would you investigate? What do you want oh, to investigate? We have we have ten shows ready to go. Uh, you know the concept. Uh, I want to um look at. I'll give you just a simple one of the ideas. I want yeah. to investigate super fans, so people that have plastic Ooh. surgery to look like their fans. What's behind? Why do they want? Why do they have this this uh feeling that they are that they look up to these people that are even dead, you know. So I've picked Elvis and Dolly Parton. I want to go to Grace. I want to go to Dollywood. I want to go to Graceland. I want to meet these super fans. <laughs> that is awesome. You seem like you're up for like quite a bit of things. Like really. Well, you explore. saw. You saw I the saw. documentary, and you saw what I had to go at. Some failed. Some I refuse. You know, there's lots of yeah. things going on. Well, it's interesting. I, as soon as I saw, you know, I reached out to you and I'm like, 
And I saw you had this documentary. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love documentaries. I'm like a documentary junkie. Like, like I'm gonna, I have Amazon Prime. I'm gonna watch this. So I looked it up, and then I found it. I was like, tell my wife, I'm gonna watch this documentary uh, by Jackie Rom. She's gonna be in my show soon. My wife's like, what? What do you do with yourself? What is this I'm like? <laughs> well, I'll tell you something really funny. I keep getting banned on Facebook. Because of the documentaries called Method of Murder, okay. the algorithms on Facebook thinking I'm promoting some kind of method to murder. Right. They're thinking like <laughs> it's going to lead to people like looking up murder and like promoting violence, you know, a murder of people. Yeah, of course, it's nothing to do with that at all. No, definitely not. I've watched it, everyone. It's nothing <laughs> to it's do with that. It's quite lighthearted. It, it is. Know, People think the kids can't watch, but it's actually quite lighthearted. It just sounds ominous. Yeah. I mean, was it, did you mean to make like that title? Did you want it to kind of make like really sound like that to like give people like method of murder, pull people in with that title? It was a little bit of, you know, the documentary, the documentary making a murderer. Yes. It's the, the highest grossing documentary ever made. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Making a murderer. It's it's unbelievable the number oh. of people that have seen it. It's one of the most successful ever documentaries, and uh, so we were playing off of that really. People are putting in murder. You know, murder. People are fascinated by true crime and murder. So if you're going to put murder into Amazon Prime, hopefully I pop up. Why do you think people are so fascinated by that topic? Good question. Uh, it is, I mean, it, I don't know. I think I'd probably have to ask that question. I, I would need to ask. I think it may be because it's so far away from, from their personality. You know, I, I haven't got, I couldn't kill a fly. Right. So, so to kind of watch the antipathy of me, maybe that's part of uh, the fascination. Yeah, no, it's, I think when I was thinking about you coming on, I'm like, what's the angle here? You know, like, what's the, the drive to make something like this? And it seems like you're very opposite of somebody who's like, into that, you know, on some level, but that the public has a huge fascination around the world with it. And you know, know? to be really honest, it's all about selling books. Hmm. In, in the end, that's my legacy. It's what yeah. I love to do. And uh, the, I have a weekly podcast as well, uh, The Life of a Crime Novelist. And all of it is a package. It's a package of Jackie Rom. So mm. that, you know, uh, there's nothing there's nothing better than when you get stopped in the and I get stopped in the funniest of places. Really? Uh, uh, it's so funny. Last uh September I was in an airport in the Caribbean mm-hmm. and a lady kept looking at me <laughs> I kind of and and then she stopped me and she said are you Jackie Rahm and I went yeah she goes I've read all your books <laughs> and so and and then and then people discuss your characters that makes me laugh as if your characters are real you know oh I really mm. love Sandy she's this and she's wow. that and, and I kind of you know she's not real I don't say that because yeah. they really believe in these characters. Huh. In your mind, what are you thinking when they're telling you about these characters? Like, you're like, okay, I mean, it's just a book, you know, like. No, part of me goes, you know, I wrote it. I do know. 
I would never, never say that, but that's how I, a little bit of me goes, yeah, I do know, they're my words. Uh, no, it's just such a compliment. It's yeah. such a compliment. And um, when I finish writing a book, I'm, I'm on book 15 now, mm-hmm. and each each book, when you finish writing, it's not yours anymore. And so there's a, a some kind of loss because you then give the work away and it belongs to the world. First of all, it belongs to the editor, then the proofreader, and, and then it belongs to the fans. So you have to give it away. So there is a, a feeling of loss every time. Interesting. Mm, huh. I never heard like an artist say that. You know, like somebody does music or they create an album and that I never heard of them say a sense of loss when I produce that. And it's no, old, because they're you know. singing. No, because with an album, they're going over, you know, it could be a year or two or, you know, please God, many years. They're going yeah. over the songs. They're reliving. Yeah, and tours and stuff. They're singing the songs over and yeah. over. Right. Okay. And mine's gone. My Mine now belongs to the world. Do you ever do any book reading or like, is it like, do you do audio books? You know, like read your content? Yep. Um, uh, I do readings uh, and I am... I've done the audio book to the children's book, but this week I'm supposed to be doing the audio book for the first book, but I've been too busy. But yeah, it's in. It, people are asking me for the audio book, so I, that will be the next, my next product. How do you come up with the ideas for the next book and the next book? How do you get inspired for that? I created the, um, this series I'm writing is called the Sandra Bernstein Chronicles and I'm on book three and Sandra is a makeup artist that goes from film set to film set location across the world. So I say to myself, right, where am I going next? Oh, interesting. That's it. And That's so it. the first one was in the Caribbean, the second one in Vegas, third one is in England and I'm deciding now where the next one is um i've just been asked to make a four-part series uh investigative series in china well of course obviously i'm not going to china yeah you're not going to china right now not going there (laughs) no at the moment uh but um i think i might go for north africa so egypt morocco that kind of base for the next book Maybe. So you, so your process is you come up with the idea for it and the location, and then you physically go to that location to research it. Is that what it is? Exactly. Yep. I've spent six months uh, in a holiday village in England on a little island. Uh, it's been fascinating. Um, it, it, just listening, talking, watching, and uh, I've now written the outline of the book. Uh, I'm on chapter four. And then I fly to the Caribbean in April and I will finish writing the book. Wow. So I do my research. Yeah, I I don't know that. Is that a common thing for a lot of writers to go to the location or you're just like, uh, I don't know, you know. It's a good excuse, I think. I think it's a good excuse too, but. (laughs) It's just, you know. Like you're getting really deep into the environment where these. Hmm. Interesting. that is just interesting. I feel like sometimes people create these scenarios in their mind and the location, maybe it's a fictional or nonfiction setting. But in your case, you, know, you go physically to the place, you immerse yourself into that environment. So you're talking to like, a, do you just talk to people right randomly or how does it work when you go there? People talk to me. People it's talk to un- you. 
it's unbelievable. I can put myself in the corner somewhere and people talk to me. You know, I've, when you're there over and over again, I spent uh, four weeks in Egypt during the first book. Although it was set in the Caribbean, people would just come and talk to me because they see you in the same place every day. You're on computer. They kind of want to know what you're doing. Yeah. So and people share stories and I take these stories and half of them know they're going to end up in a book. Oh, you think so? they really? Oh, course. That's why they tell you. I'm going to tell you a story because I love All this right. story. This is just a random story somebody told me. A little girl. She was uh, from New York and she was Italian New York and she's now in her mid 50s. When she was eight years old, the family used to go out in New York every Friday night. There'd be a table of like the family. I understood what she said when she said the family and she would go out with little white gloves on a little bag. She was eight or nine years old. She's sitting in a restaurant one Friday night. Her father all of a sudden puts his hand under the table, passes over a gun and says, put it in your purse, which she did. Ten minutes later, it was raided by the police and they never looked in her purse. Whoa. Wow. That's crazy. And people tell me these stories. And that's a real one. Just just out of the blue, they're telling you this? They're just... They wow. all come up to me and say, oh, have I got a story to tell you? You need to put this in a book. Everyone just tells me. Why do you think they just tell I mean, beyond you just being there on a regular basis, is there something about you that you think is like a magnet for people? Maybe. You know. I, I, have, I can't answer. I have people, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I have a, a knack of getting people. You know, in the documentary you've seen, there's a lady that uh, I go to the lion sanctuary where all the lions in mm -hmm. Vegas are now in the sanctuary. And uh, while I was there filming, the director came over to me and said, there's two ladies that love to read. Would you mind saying hello to them? So I said, of course not. So they come over and we're chatting. And I said, what do you read? What kind of books do you read? Both of them said, we, re we read religious books only. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Now, you know, you've seen the documentary. Yes. What she comes up with, the way she wants to kill people, I don't believe she only reads religious Because <laughs> you, you know what she said. It was yeah. incredible. She came out with this story and we went, you know, turn the cameras on. So maybe <laughs> I just have maybe I just have that look about me where people want to tell me their deepest, darkest secret. Welcome to the intermission space in Dr. D's social network. We've been spending some time with Jackie Rom, and I want to know something as you listen to this. What's your novel? What is your life story? Where do you travel in your mind or physically to get great stories, to tell stories, to listen to stories? What is your life story? Ponder that. Think about it. Write it down. I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode with Jackie Rowe. I just, I that's know. what I'm fascinated by. It's, you know, it's when I had like seeing you gave me this very strong impression. This is going to sound where you look like uh, my mother-in-law, like completely, like Do literally, 
extremely like dead ringer for her. Wow. She she passed away on Christmas a couple of years ago. Her Aww. name was Janet. Um, but oh my oh my gosh, you literally look exactly like her. It's okay, it's baby. eerie. It's Is eerie, it? man. Yeah, <laughs> like. Oh. I mean, you. I mean, you have a little more style than she had, <laughs> but just the the hair, the look, and everything. And obviously, she's uh, not from England or anything like that, you know. But um, I was. It actually was kind of shocking to me when I saw you on here. I was like, whoa. Because <laughs> like, I saw you on the documentary, obviously I knew what you look like, but you look different on here to me. Well, you know, thing. it's two and a half years, like nearly three years later. Yeah. Well, how long does it take for that production to happen, the documentary, from start to finish? Uh, we actually filmed it in ten days, okay. uh, but uh, then it took about six months to do all the uh, post-production. Mm-hmm. So we were finished. We we filmed in March. We were finished in April. Then it took a year to sell it, mm-hmm. and we sold it to a distribution uh, company, uh, a company based in in uh, Atlanta. And then it took another not uh, from August to the May till we released it. We released it May last year. Mm-hmm. And then it and then it went on. I mean, I I don't quite understand because I know you have so many channels out there. We yeah. got it on over two hundred channels, oh. uh, but it didn't go on to Amazon Prime until September, and it only went live on UK Prime uh, three weeks ago. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, I wonder how like getting on Amazon Prime works because I'm starting to see more content on there. Like I watch it pretty regularly and I'm starting to see more comedies, um, like uh, stand up comedies and things of that nature. And so when I saw the yours on Amazon Prime, I'm like, well, it's interesting. More things are streaming now. Absolutely. And that seems times to be are where changing. things times are changing. And I wonder, is that where you see more of this content going for yourself? Uh, it, it really is at some point things get taken away from you Mm. because uh, I now have, you know, PR agents, managers, you know, you have a whole team that now manage the Jackie Rom brand. Yeah. So it's, um, you have to listen to professionals. It's no good. I'm not in the same um, uh, phase now. I'm in a different phase where I have to listen to professionals and take advice. Uh, is that something that you feel um, is easy for you to do is to take that advice and say, hey, this is what we're no. doing? Or is it, no? <laughs> it's so hard because for my life, you know, I started writing when I was 17. So all my life, it's just been me promoting me. Yeah. Uh, and now all of a sudden I get told, you know, you can only use this marketing or you can only do these hashtags or, you know, Whatever. I mean, I had over 2000 friends on Facebook. That's gone. I had to defriend everybody. And then everyone's having a go at me because they didn't like to be defriended. Okay, it's not me. So now you can't get hold of me on Facebook. You know, you have to know me. You can't. So, you know, it's um, now I also have to be careful what I say and what I write. So because, you know, I'm now a brand. So that's a really strange um, disposition to go from being Jackie Rom to Jackie Rom a brand. 
So are you are there like meetings that are occurring that's like, hey, Jackie, you don't talk about this or that type of thing? Well, it, what's really interesting is my kind of real job is uh, I'm a drama teacher. So I teach young mm. professionals. So I teach media training. Mm. So when they sat down and they said, look, you need to do some media training. I said, well, that's what I teach. You know, it's one of the things I yeah. teach. So it's really funny that it's kind of gone full circle and being in front of the camera has never, ever been uh, a want of mine. Mine has always mm. been behind the camera, quite happy behind the camera. Yeah. Um, and, and when we actually sold the documentary, I actually said, why? Why do they want? Why are they interested? And they said it's because I'm natural and my age has gone for me, not against. Because oh. you'd think a woman who's 60 is not going to start a, a career in, in presenting. But absolutely, it's actually gone a, a for me, not against. You do not seem like you're 60 years old. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at you. You <laughs> look considerably younger <laughs> than you. 60. Yeah, of course. And your spirit and your look and your style. Man, people are changing how they look these days. It's incredible. Are they? You know? You can't tell ages it's now. It's hard to tell now how old somebody is. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I would not have guessed 60. Seriously. Thank you. Far off that. So, yeah, my you poor, are well. My poor daughter, who gets called my sister a lot. My daughter doesn't <laughs> like it, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's yeah. I guess she's probably like, no, no, this is my mom. This is not, yeah. this is not a thing, okay? You know? Yeah. And and the funny thing is, I'm single as well. So mm -hmm. being uh, 60 and single, in my mind, that was um, going to be a kind of a, a a position that I didn't expect to be in. Uh -huh. But it's it's actually really freeing. And wow. it's been a really amazing experience. And I have, uh, yeah, lots of stories. What have you, so you're embracing being 60 and single. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, I must tell you this story if we have Please. time. Because of I course, have we got time. A funny story. Tell I me. Went, I went viral a year ago. And I mean, it was incredible within three hours every major newspaper in the country. So I'll tell you what happened because it's okay. quite funny. I got it. I went yeah, I went on a blind date. <laughs> and you know, you know that uh, in England uh, the place we all go to the pub. You know, we don't go to we go that's what we do. Yeah. So I'd arranged to meet this guy uh, it was midday on a Monday, but the date is important. It was February the 10th. And uh, I got to the pub and he turned up and he was lovely. This that was very exciting. That was a handsome guy. Anyway, I went into the pub, got a drink, a coffee or whatever. He came in, he came straight over, kissed me on the cheek and said to me, I thought you were a redhead. And I said, <laughs> That's funny. No, I said, I had been a redhead, but I'm not. He said, well, in your profile picture, you were a redhead. I said, well, not at the moment. So he looked me up and down and he went, it's OK. It's not a problem. So he goes to the bar to get a drink. So as he's at the bar, the real one walks in. <laughs> that, that, that's nothing. So the real one, so we laughed about it. So the guy says, um, the redhead's outside. 
So he goes outside, meets the redhead. I have a drink. And the one I met, they actually looked a bit similar. That's how mm. we made a mistake. Okay. But was nowhere near as nice as the other guy. Anyway, they didn't stay very long. My day didn't last very long. I get in the car and I think to myself, now I could be proactive or do nothing. So I decided to be proactive. So I go home. I get on Facebook. And on a local Facebook page, I put... Does anyone know anyone that went on a blind date today? And I put the uh, 12 o'clock Fox and Raven. Well, within seconds, women are saying, come on, tell us why, why. So I've told the story very quickly. And then within two minutes, up pops the local, not small newspaper, a local newspaper and says, well, it's Valentine's Day on the 14th. Let us try and find him for you. So I said, okay. So he said, we're going to do a story. So by now it's about four or five o'clock. About eight o'clock at night, I get a text from my friend who says, Jackie, why are you in the, 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 the Sun newspaper, which is the <laughs> biggest newspaper in England? There are three, Mail, Sun and Mirror. Oh. I ended up in every single one of them. Then the Metro, which is the free London paper. Then I ended up in all the European papers. They were all... <laughs> trying to find this man then the morning shows the big television morning shows wanted yeah. me on all the radio shows wanted me on it went bananas we never found him though you never found him wow. but all that pub it was so much publicity the poor guy ran a must have run a mile yeah exactly like oh no <laughs> I had to phone my agent and go, David, you won't believe what's happened. I've gone viral. So they twisted the story and as if yeah. I was researching for a documentary. Oh, it was funny. Wow. wow. It sounds like stories are a big part of your life, like huge part of your life. And like weird stories happen with you on a regular basis. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's so like your content. <laughs> it is. Right. I mean, it's like you don't have to think of much because it's just happening to you on a regular basis. And no one would believe it either. That's just weird. <laughs> like that they would catch on like that. You know, it's uh... to be in the middle of a viral story is actually quite scary because um, um, because can you I don't know what your big newspapers are in your area. But I mean, this is three of the biggest newspapers. I suppose it's like the New York Post suddenly picking yeah. up. Like the Times or something, the Washington Post, yeah. Exactly. And that's how big, that's how big it got. And then people were just messaging me going, what are you doing? What is that? But yeah, you know, it's funny. I don't think a lot of people can identify with that. Like, what's that storm like when it's happening? Like Scary. Really. What's the and scary part? Well, what happened is the girls that were there was about 20 of them that had been behind me saying oh well, I hope you find him and all that suddenly when we had to twist the story that I was um uh researching for a documentary these girls turned on me and the media backlash from these girls was horrific I actually mm. I wouldn't I, I stopped reading it I knew there was something going on you know and they just turned into a pack of wolves Oh, man, I can't imagine that much. You know, you're thinking that much information flying at you at once, people's comments and things of that nature, just the explosion of information coming your way. 
And it's before I had a PR, to, you know, PR team and yeah. things like that. Although I had an agent, but yeah, it's quite lonely because you're yeah. on your own while it's all happening. What was the thing with the Facebook thing, defriending everybody? What was the reasoning behind that? Like, do you don't want to have access to you just so like, hey, you got to go through different channels? Yeah. So I have a Facebook uh, page, which is facebook.com forward slash Jackie Rom. So I have a yep. page where people kind of can talk to me on there. Uh, but personally, uh, I was only allowed to say allowed. They They said I can only have friends and family. And now you can't kind of just talk to me on facebook uh, i'll be and after this incident i i had ha, at least a hundred men from around the world were trying to get dates after so it was a bit like yeah yeah there was men from around the world trying to get to know me yeah they want to be part of the jackie rom experience they wanted to tell you their story right <laughs> exactly <laughs> i got a story for you jackie See? I bet you have as well. Yeah. Maybe you have. You have. You've told me about my doppelganger. I do. Who doesn't have a story? Listen, it's honestly, it's one of the weirder things that's happened to me today. <laughs> it's like, and then I see these nails you have. By the way, I like these nails. I like those nails. Thank you. They're very sparkly. They're long. I love a bit sparkle. I don't usually like long nails, honestly, like that on uh, women, but that and it looks fits you though. I don't know. It, it's Thank a you. good fit. Your whole thing, the whole vibe you have, it fits you. I feel like it fits you. Thank you. I don't know, but yeah, it threw me off, honestly. And they, they're all mine. They're not false. They're real. No, is that I, true? Yeah, they're all. They're, they're all real. Mine. Those are not yeah, fake nails. Real. No, my mum, my grandmother, and my daughter, we all have the same nails. Very long. Oh. Really? That's interesting. See, I, I most, uh, at least in my experience, I've seen is there's a lot of fake nails, the press on stuff, you know, no, it's all real. That's real. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, those things are seriously, that's a serious deal you got going on there. <laughs> the glasses is very intellectual. Oh, yes. Here I go over here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I was just fascinating. I was just like, I saw you in the documentary and I remember telling my wife, I'm like, that lady kind of looks like your mom a little bit. And she goes, yeah, I, I see the resemblance. And no. then when you got on today, I was like, whoa, this is a freaking, <laughs> this is like, this is a weird situation, man. That's threw so me funny. off my game a little bit. I'm like, I got to get back together. <laughs> That's so funny. That's amazing. I, I, look, I look forward to like this potential investigative series. Hopefully that comes to fruition. Well, if I can ask you, if you wouldn't mind to pop on to Amazon Prime, and on their reviews, just say you'd like to see more. That will really help kind of our situation. Yeah, no, for sure. Because I think that um, I love those investigative journalist pieces. Like I, I have this, I watched that Lisa Ling series on Hulu where she goes to different communities, you know, whether gender fluidity or, you know, the meth addiction problems in different places and just like really details what's going on in different cities and stuff. Like I think um, I love her. I think she's great, but she's really kind of digs deep where mine is kind of more uh, real people, real lives, real stories. Yeah. Well, and they're just telling them. Yeah. 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 More lighter. I get it. Cause I, I, the lightheartedness, sometimes her stuff can be really like heavy, mm. you mm. know, and I get kind of the lightheartedness, like the super fan thing you were saying, that's like a fun story. Right. But kind of weird, too. 
you yep. know. I love weird. I'd really love to spend some time with drag queens. Yeah. I love I love drag queens. I love the confidence uh, mm. that they have, the power that they have on stage, and I kind of would just like to spend some time with a with a bunch of drag queens. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure you probably will. I mean, you I know, so. seems like you're the type of person that says you're going to do something and it happens. It's really important to me. That's a kind of a really important thing. If you're going to say it, do it. Don't just talk about it. Well, there's a lot of talking in this world, just a lot of in good intentions, you know, mm -hmm. but not a lot of action that I, I've seen. So I think the people who are about action and get things done, they move forward. Absolutely. Things happen. Yep. You know, you don't write 15 books out of nowhere. I mean, you know. Exactly. You know, so it's. It's interesting. Your story interests me because you seem very prolific in your pro production have, of this. I have a, a little dream. Um, I'd like to um, I'd like to make the series, the investigative series. Mm -hmm. But I'd love to do a one-woman show in small theaters, touring. I have no idea what I'd do, how I'd entertain people. But I think probably storytelling. Uh, a bit of reading, but I'd just like to travel talking. It makes me think of like Carol Burnett or something like that, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I really, I, I actually could see that. I could see you doing that. Your personality fits that just out there. You're chatting. You're probably going to do it again. It's probably going to happen. It's, uh, yeah, my agent thinks I'm mad. He knows that I, that's what I'd like to do. I'd like to, do the uh, investigative series and then go on tour. Who so knows? This, this is the ultimate goal for you, or is there another goal beyond that? Um, today's goal. Today's goal. <laughs> I like that. There's going to be more goals coming on here. Who knows? How do you know? I, I'm, that's, that's so interesting. Jackie, you are a very interesting person to me. Thank very you. Very interesting. Seems like very nice, very ambitious. And uh, don't talk to Jackie, direct, Jackie directly on Facebook. <laughs> oh, no, okay. no, no. Uh, no, you can. You go onto Facebook.com forward slash Jackie Rom. She's not going to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> How can I not? I like and talking too much. She is single, uh, guys. I mean, you know, all of England's waiting. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to get myself in trouble. No, no, not with me. Not with my show. <laughs> You'll be fine. Oh, good. You'll be good. We're in a, we're, it just might get a bunch of weirdos from the United States. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I can cope. You'll be good. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jackie. And It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Wonderful. We will be in touch, okay? All right. Thanks. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, radio has been called theater of the mind, so let's tell a story with sound effects. <laughs> wow, it's like I was in the story. Almost makes me forget this was supposed to be about saving big with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.